0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Patricia Carl about EQ, emotional intelligence, and leading with compassion and intentionality. Patricia Carl, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, John. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to have the chance to talk with you. You have a really great background and and really expertise in an area that will be super beneficial to the listeners. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to to uh, share your insights and your wisdom with us. Uh, Patricia Carl is president of Highland Performance Solutions. She's an executive coach and consultant, a former chief human resource officer for both public and private equity-backed companies. She partners with leaders, teams, and organizations to drive business outcomes, and has worked with clients across industries from companies such as Microsoft, Target Corporation, Deloitte, Citadel, uh, to Silicon Valley startups. She has guest lectured at academic institutions, including the University of Pennsylvania, and her insights have been regularly featured in Forbes, real leaders, and other publications. She holds leadership roles with not-for-profit boards and organizations and is an angel investor in multiple technology companies. A super interesting background um, and what a pleasure to meet you and to have a chance to talk with you.
1: Likewise, likewise. I'm happy to be here.
0: Uh, Before we launch into our discussion, anything else that you would like to share with the listeners generally about yourself uh, and your background?
1: Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, So uh, as you mentioned, I spent uh, a long career in HR, um, but uh, what what probably doesn't come forward in my bio is that I'm also a trained therapist. Um, And so what's really nice about what I'm able to do now in terms of executive coaching and leadership development is it's this nice intersection of psychology and work. And business, and so it, it's a it's sort of like a, a full circle moment for me to be able to bring those two elements together, uh, and and do the work that's really in my sweet spot.
0: Yeah, that is super interesting. Um, I, I come from a family of um, psychologists and therapists. I'm kind of the oddball person that kind of <laughs> I, I I feel like I do similar things, but I do it in the in the in the corporate business realm. Um, but you do both. That's really cool. Uh, what a what a great blending of expertise.
1: Yeah, and 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 sort of you know uh, germane to what we're talking about today. You know, I when I went into uh, HR after after getting my my license uh, to practice therapy, I, I thought, well, gee, I'm not sure if I'll ever use it. And and boy did I use it. I mean, it's a it's just one of those um, you know set of skills that's really transferable. Um, and helpful because it's you know when, when and I and I'm saying this knowing that um, this is an HR thing to say but and business is all about the people and if you are able to connect and relate um, and support and motivate people then um, then you've you've probably won the battle.
0: Absolutely, I completely agree um, and. My so I'm I'm in business. I I I play the dual you know um, uh, scholar practitioner role. I I'm a faculty member and department chair and professor of organizational leadership. But my PhD is actually in sociology, um, and so I have a bit of that interdisciplinary uh, background, um, you know, that I I feel like does help inform um, a lot of of what I do professionally and academically.
1: Absolutely, for sure.
0: Today, I mean, there's a lot of things we could discuss, but uh, one of the things I thought would be really fun to dive into with you is to talk about, you can tap into that understanding and how leaders can leverage it to lead more uh, effective and empowering types of organizations. Yeah. Uh, that was a bit of a mouthful, but do you want to start by sharing with us, uh, for those who are a little bit less familiar with EQ, explaining what that is, and then um, diving into why it's important for leaders to have emotional intelligence.
1: Yeah, you know, it's um it it's gotten a lot of a lot of press maybe in the last 10 15 years or so. Uh, although I'm I'm consistently surprised at how many people know relatively little about it. Um, because it's so so critical. So EQ which is, you know, just Stands for emotional quotient. It's it's sort of a um, it's supposed to be the emotional analog to IQ. Um, is is basically your ability to understand and manage your own emotions and also to understand uh, those of others. So, a, a really simple way to um, to describe it might be someone that you see who has really excellent people skills. Somebody who can read a room, who gets the subtext of conversation, uh, and also is able to sort of use that information to navigate uh, relationships and organizations and conflict uh, and problem solve and influence. Um, and so folks who have this uh, ability really are are the folks who are most successful. Um, you know, I can is is important obviously skill certain skills that you bring to jobs all important uh but they're sort of table stakes um you need sort of a threshold level of those um but the difference maker is eq it's how well you're sort of able to um to move through uh the relationship uh aspects of business
0: eq and uh, emotional intelligence emotional quotient um understanding the role that that plays in organizations and how um how individuals um great great uh overview of the importance of eq and and uh, emotional intelligence i completely agree it's so vital it's so misunderstood and under understood uh in organizations and i think as a jargon i think a lot of Leaders know it; like they they know the terms, but they don't really know what it means or why it's important, and or or at least they don't buy into it enough to feel like it's something that they're going to put the effort towards. You know, to, to develop that skill set so that they can uh, more effectively um, lead their people. Um,
1: interesting. Uh, i It's it's interesting because I think you're right. A lot of people are sort of familiar. What I do hear um, with with some regularity from leaders who um, you know, where where it becomes sort of evident uh in the coaching engagement that this is the area they really need to work on. Um is uh I I get some version of, well, that's kind of isn't that kind of touchy feely and right. yep. um and I, I want to make sure I don't lose my edge. Uh, right. that that's what that's what works for me. And, you know, what you sort of have to reframe that for them and explain that actually EQ is the edge um, that that they need.
0: So, I mean, you've spoken to this a bit already, but, you know, particularly in times of tremendous change, and I think now qualifies as one of those times uh, where the whole world is kind of upside down and so many people are either out of jobs or they're um, or they're working from home, virtual work, and, and leading people in that kind of an environment is, is a bit different. Uh, and certainly, regardless of the specific dynamics of the workplace right now, we, we, we're just in, a, in a, uh, a situation of tremendous change. Um, we're in a, a, a situation of high anxiety. So how can leaders utilize emotional intelligence to better lead during these types of times?
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's, it's sort of the, the must-have toolkit um, in, in times of, of upheaval and, and significant change. And, and, and certainly we're, we're experiencing um, sort of change on steroids, um, but, but I think you, you would agree that, that um, change is really constant in the corporate world. Um, you know, the speed of change has increased dramatically, anyway, um, and so uh, folks who are able to, um, you know, really develop their EQ are able to to better support their teams and help them um, help them move through change and transformation in a way that's much more effective uh, than those who who perhaps are not as high on the EQ scale. So. To give a little bit more detail around that, I think, you know, you have um, one of the big pieces of uh, of EQ, probably the cornerstone, is knowing oneself um, and managing oneself. And so, um, and that's just critical for leaders, it, it, whether you're going through change or not, it's really critical for you as a leader to show up in a way that is um, consistent. Uh, and and even um, to your team, so you you don't you know I, I'm I'm sure a lot of people who who might be listening have had leaders who are who tend to be more volatile, who might sort of you know ride the roller coaster of of emotions, um, and that can be really disconcerting for a team. It can actually make the, the upheaval worse for them because now they're trying to react to what's happening with their leader. Um, as well as deal with whatever they might be experiencing. and So uh, leaders who really can map their own uh, inner emotional landscape and manage that um, can show up in a way that that allows them to be more present for their teams.
0: Yeah, I love that. Self-awareness, critical self-reflection, I think are so such important, critical um, abilities and tools uh, to lead generally. Uh, But certainly it's a a critical part of of, uh, emotional intelligence. Uh, And I can't truly know and understand others until I truly know and understand myself. Right. Um, and it's kind of a reciprocal process, right? Uh, the more I know about myself, the more I, I can learn and know about others. And all of that becomes a foundation of, of, of effective and successful, sustainable leadership. Um, yeah. to, and to your point a minute ago about, you know, the, the leader who has the edge, you know, they, they, they they, pride themselves on, on that edge. And I'm, I always come back to, it's, it's easy to get compliance, um, uh, through, through, my leadership style Uh, it's hard to get commitment through my leadership style right and and which one is sustainable (laughs) that's the question for leaders and compliance-based leadership is not sustainable Uh, and so even if i feel like you know my edginess can help uh to to get the immediate results that i want it's not going to help me create a long-term
1: sustainable organization right Right. It's a it's a it's a shorter term. It's effective short term, um, you know, if that's what you're looking for. But uh, but you're right, it's not as sustainable. And I, I think there's there's something about leaders who are um, who are attuned to themselves. Um, it makes them they are usually um, usually have a higher degree of humility. Um, and they, they seem a lot more, I think, accessible to their teams um versus you know the leader who has who prides him or herself on having the edge or um who uh who sort of shows up in this you know with a with a set of armor all the time just having some of that accessibility uh and and vulnerability and humility allows um allows the team to have that themselves and to and to be able to say things like uh, I'm struggling here. This is, this is hard for me. Can, can you help me try to navigate the situation better? Um, yeah. It just gives them, it gives them, I think, permission.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what can leaders do um, if they want to develop higher EQ um, and have uh, really build that muscle of emotional intelligence?
1: hmm yeah, I mean, I think there are certainly people who come by it uh, easily. Uh, there's, you know, the nature-nurture uh, arguments. I think some people are, are maybe more naturally wired uh, that way and or have had a set of experiences in their, in their lifetime that have, um, you know, have made them sort of higher on that scale. Um, but having said that, uh, people can develop it. Um, and uh, it just takes um, intentionality making sure that, um, that A, I think the best thing to do is to start with um, understanding, you know, yourself and your own blind spots. You know, what, what am I good at? What am I not so great at? What are my opportunities? And the way to do that, there, there are multiple ways to do that, um, but I think the most effective is to get some kind of 360 feedback, whether that's um, something formal, like organizations do it internally. Uh, I do it as an executive coach. Um, but if that's not an option uh, for someone, they can also uh, do it themselves. You know, ask friends, their their sort of circle of trust, um, and say, you know, what do you think? What am I good at? What do I what am I not seeing about myself? What are my blind spots? And then, um, then the key is to be humble and listen. <laughs> and, uh, and don't be defensive uh, and let, give them permission to tell you. Um, because I think that's the piece is, is we none of us see ourselves the way that others see us. So being able to get that kind of input gives us just a better a better view of ourselves um, and gives us sort of identifies the areas that we might need to work on uh, to get better at being that Um, that accessible leader who who can be more supportive to our teams.
0: Yeah, I love so much about that. I I love being an accessible leader, being self-aware, being uh, being humble and having that intellectual and leadership humility is so key. Um, Being someone who doesn't feel like we have all the answers, but someone who can actually take that humility, leverage it to ask all the right questions. Yeah. um and to really be with and to see the person who's sitting in right there in front of you whether it's virtually through zoom or whether it's actually physically in the room that you can be with that person you can be present um in that moment and and see and hear and listen truly listen to them that's that's really what it all comes down to and it is a muscle that has to be built over time for most people you know some you mentioned it you know some people are a little bit more natu- naturally inclined towards it, um, but it's, it's not a, something that you have to be born with. You, you can develop this skill set um, if you're intentional about it, uh, and if you check yourself and, and kind of force yourself to have those uncomfortable moments where you look yourself in the mirror and can really um, see you know, where you stand and what you need to work
1: on. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's and and once you're able to identify those, uh, I think that that I really encourage uh, clients to use their existing strengths to try to build um to build some of that muscle as as you said. So um, one example uh, of that was I had a um a client who was in a in a field that that required exactness um very regimented um i think maybe the team would say rigid um and uh and could be um very efficient in his dealings with the team it was sort of all you know all business Uh, and, and, and none, none, nothing fluffy, uh, in, in his terms, right. Fluffy meaning, you know, conversation and, and and any sort of emotional, um, any sort of emotional discussion. And so, um, what we did was, you know, they studies show, right. It takes about 60 to 90 days to really develop a habit. And so we used his love of structure to, um, to schedule, time uh with his team just sort of walk we scheduled this this will sound funny we scheduled informal walk around time uh and we mapped out a script in the beginning that was mostly around um asking questions uh being curious about his team and in the beginning i i know it it felt strange and awkward um and I'm, i'm sure it probably came across that way a little bit to his team. Um, but the team's, you know, the team's response to that was ended up being so rewarding to him that it just kept reinforcing it until it became much more natural. Um, and it was something that he could do in a more, you know, extemporaneous way um, versus having, having to schedule it. And so that, you know, the team previously had sort of perceived um, that maybe he didn't care uh, and, you know, the old adage of, you know, people don't care what you know until they know that you care, and so being able to demonstrate that to the team, they felt much more uh, engaged and supported, um, and they could start then, you know, they felt like they had permission to come engage with him and talk about ideas they had or challenges they they were encountering, um, and that just opened up this sort of new um, dimension to the relationship that was really rewarding, I think, on both sides.
0: I love that example. Um, someone that it definitely didn't come naturally to, but they just a matter of being deliberate. And like you said, maybe a little clumsy at first, a little awkward. Um, and people aren't quite sure what to make of it, but it doesn't take very long uh, for people to people want that they need that and so as you start to to make effort towards um that kind of an approach um people will open up and they'll resonate with it
1: yeah 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 it's um i also think there's you know this going back to sort of the um knowing oneself and managing oneself yeah. i you know there was i had an example of a a client who um you know, for my previous reference, sort of rode the waves um, and was very um, thought uh, he was showing up um, authentically. So we all we all hear a lot about authentic leadership um, and and that that doesn't necessarily mean means, you know, putting it all on the table. (laughs) Um, And he was doing that. And so his team um, that caused a lot of uh, stress for his team.
0: He um, was an oversharer. Is that what you're saying? An
1: oversharer. <laughs> he was an oversharer and, and sort of wore, you know, all of his emotions on his sleeve. And so, you know, in some ways, the um, those interactions then sort of became about him and how he was feeling and how he was processing things, um, which made him less available to his team and to support his team. Um, and so we worked on um, centering exercises before meetings so that he could sort of show up in a way, you know, verbally and non-verbally. Pe- people pay attention to all of your cues, uh, but to show up in a way that was really present for the team. So it's, you know, these are just a couple of examples, but people can, people can develop this. It just takes, um, you know, again, that intentionality. Uh, and then making it a habit until it until it becomes more natural.
0: Well, uh, time has flown by. I think we're about out of time, um, which is unfortunate because this has been a, a really interesting conversation. And I would love to be able to go deeper into these topics with you at some future date if you're willing and able to come back on.
1: I'd love that. I could talk about this all day.
0: <laughs> As could I. Uh, such, such an interesting topic. And so, so timely, so important, uh, organizational leaders, um, yeah. especially in this time of pandemic and virtual work, I think it's you know, even a, a greater challenge on finding those, those connection points and helping people who are socially isolating uh, still feeling connected to the workplace and, and uh, effectively managing their performance. Um, you know, Requires a, a heightened level of emotional intelligence at this time.
1: Yeah, that's more important than ever.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, maybe as we close, um, could you just take a minute and tell the listeners where they can find you and, and more about you and get connected with you professionally?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Patricia Carl on LinkedIn. Uh, my website is highlandperformancesolutions.com. Uh, and uh, happy to talk with organizations or individuals about, uh, about coaching and leadership development.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Um, I encourage the listeners to uh, go find out more about you and get connected with you. And I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a wonderful week.
1: You too. Thanks, John. It was such a pleasure.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye.